Hello, everyone out there in Wellness World. This is Dr. Craig Fischel, and you are listening to Dr. Craig's Council. And today I have with us a very great influencer, someone who has come into our practice as a practice member. Her name is Eileen Ryan, and Eileen is someone who's been working on herself for quite a while, and she's made it part of her everyday living. And she has a company called Light Travels Faster that she's going to tell us about today. And I'm really excited to have her with us. So, Eileen, say hello to everybody out there. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Health and wellness is extremely important to my overall life. So, you know, when this team reached out to me, I was more than happy to come in um, and work with them and talk more about this topic because I think in today's day and age, it's something that, you know, often falls by the wayside and, uh, you know, we can really never get enough of health and wellness. Beautiful. So tell us um, just what light travels faster, the name itself. Let's just start with the name. So the name was born out of, you know, I am a big fan of puns, things that have double meaning, and I wanted to find a word that was encompassing a variety of things. So for those of you who haven't seen my Instagram, my blog, what I do, it's definitely overwhelmingly focused on travel. I've been to 70 countries to date. I've lived in five of them. I speak English and Spanish. Um, travel is definitely my largest passion. And I also incorporate other aspects of lifestyle. So, you know, beauty, fashion, um, health and wellness, those type of topics as well. So I was looking for a name that would, would really say, you know, talk about travel, but have a different meaning. And so, you know, I know the physics principle, light travels faster than sound. Photos, of course, and, you know, uh, they capture light. I have light hair. I'm very, very blonde. So I thought, you know, maybe light travels faster. That could encompass quite a few things. And I like the fact that it also, you know, has sort of a scientific background to it. So 70 countries, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get some notes on you. So tell me you know, your top three countries that you've enjoyed, that you, everyone listening would, would want to go and see the places you've been to and stay where you've stayed and visit the, the restaurants. Where were those? So I get this question a lot, and what I always say is that my favorite destinations are always changing. I'm definitely a glass-half-full person. I say, you know, that you can stick me in the middle of nowhere, and I'll still have a great time. Um, So I'm certainly positive in that respect. Right now, I would have to say my top three destinations would be, number one, Kyrgyzstan. You may not have even heard of it. Um, It only gets about 10,000 international visitors a year. So this is a tiny country in Central Asia covered in mountains. They call it the Switzerland of Central Asia. Um, And they've got these amazing nomadic tribes that stay in yurts in the Tian Shan Mountains. And so I was actually on a snow leopard expedition there. And it was a totally different trip than I've ever done before because we were actually what they call citizen scientists. So we were working with a researcher um, towards a conservation goal. And in this case, it was getting the area to be protected from a conservation standpoint for snow leopards, which are, of course, you know, a very rare and elusive cat um, that we actually don't know a whole lot about. So that would be my first one. Um, and also, for those of you foodies out there, the food there is amazing. It's um, on the intersection of the Old Silk Road. So it's kind of a mix of Middle Eastern food and Chinese food. They've got dumplings. They've got noodles. But then you might have a shish kebab. And then, because it was part of the Soviet Union, they've also got pierogies and borscht and all those good Russian foods. So that would be my first one. My second one would have to be Finland. So last year at Thanksgiving, we went to Finnish Lapland, north of the Arctic Circle, and we did all of the ultimate winter activities. We went horse-drawn sleigh riding under the northern lights. 
We uh, went reindeer sledding and were able to feed the reindeer. We went snowmobiling. Oh, gosh, what else did we do? I mean, any winter activity you can imagine, we did it, and it was so much fun. And then I guess third, you know, I'd have to pick a classic destination like Paris. I am very lucky. Can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I'm so lucky. I've actually been to Paris 21 times. Wow. I counted it the other day. Um, I used to work there a lot um, as a lawyer, and I also have a very good family friend there. So we often go to visit her and her family. And I just think it's such a beautiful city. Everywhere you look, there's gorgeous architecture, delicious food. You know, of course, there's the fantastic museums, but also the shopping or just sitting in one of those gorgeous French gardens. I think you can never go wrong with Paris. In uh, in a year's time, how many weeks are you traveling right, right now? So I tend to be abroad about four to six months per year. Um, sometimes it's, you know, a little more than six months, uh, but that's about the average. Beautiful. And... For balance, so that someone listening is like, how do I create that balance? You work as a corporate attorney. Mm-hmm. So how, how does someone who's listening say, whoa, I, I'd love to be able to do that. How did it start for you, this this ability to do this? Mm-hmm. So I was a, um, a corporate attorney on Wall Street for eight years. I was working at some of the um, biggest and most profitable law firms in the world doing you know, uh, $2 billion transactions. And I was fortunate because since I do speak a few languages and I love to travel, they were they would always send me abroad to work with clients. So I was spending a lot of time in London, Paris, Milan for work. Um, you know, usually I was stuck in a hotel room or a conference room. But nevertheless, I would do my best to extend the trip by a couple of days every time. You know, just say, okay, we closed the deal. I'm spending the weekend in Paris. I'll see you guys next week. And I would try to take advantage of it. And from that, you know, people started saying, well, you know, this is quite interesting. You do interesting things. Why don't you start writing about it? And I kind of thought about it, but I I hadn't really made any decision to do it. But one day, you know, as luck would have it, I was at a party in New York and I met someone. This was about three years ago who was a full time blogger. And I was like, what do you mean you're a full time blogger? Tell me more. She was really nice, and she said, yeah, you know, here's what I do, and I'm actually going to a networking event next week, so why don't you come with me? Maybe you can meet some people. You know, you can can find out what you want to find out. So I went, and I met all these people, and I thought, I can totally do this. So I opened up my website and my Instagram and my blog, all with the goal, you know, of, of trying to turn it into a business from the very beginning, but also of kind of just telling the interesting stories that I already love to tell. You know, I always enjoyed being the one sitting around the campfire telling about this story when I was, you know, in northern Thailand in the hill tribe or something like that. And and it was, you know, a great way to continue doing what I already love, which is, you know, visual and literary storytelling. Um, now, I guess that's not a total answer to your question, but um, start. it's Good. a start. So at first, you know, I was working at the law firm and doing my, my side hustle. And obviously it was a lot because both of those are really full-time jobs. Um, then I actually went full-time with my Light Travels Faster business last year in January, and I spent uh, a little, I guess it was a little earlier than January, December, and I spent almost a full year just working on the business, building it as much as possible, and I had no desire to go back to law. Um, but, you know, in the summer, this summer, I had uh, someone I used to work with reached out to me, and she said, you know, I've moved in-house, I'm building this great team, is there any way... You know, I can bring you on. And so I was very candid and said, you know, that sounds fantastic, but um, I do have this other business. It's very important to me. You know, is there any way we can work it out? So that's what we did. And right now, you know, what I'm doing is I'm working on a contract basis 
And so if I have a press trip or I'm traveling, I just don't bill those hours and I go off on my trip. I've only been in this new role for two months and I'm definitely burning the candle at both ends. So I don't know how, you know, how long it's going to work this way. It's definitely difficult. But, you know, what I always tell people is, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I thought it was a great opportunity and I thought, let's at least explore it. You know, and you don't know where life's going to take you. So, so far, so good. But uh, I definitely, I'm not getting as much sleep as I should be. I, I heard you say side hustle. And you're definitely someone who is, is on the go. You know, I've seen you coming and going and your high energy is fantastic. Um, I wrote down as, as you were going through, life imitates life. Not the old art imitates life or life imitates art. But you're, you have created the life that you wanted it to be. You see a place, you read about a place, you go there. You obviously have learned this balance, and like you said, it's it's not so easy. You're thankful and grateful for the, uh, the mm-hmm. current bosses you have and people who understand who you are and what you desire, which I think is great. Um, this this term influential that we keep hearing, influencer, it has some negative to it, and, and I don't necessarily see it that way, but I think sometimes um, people out there, are, are getting this, uh, for example, just recently there were a couple of young ladies who were Instagrammers who revealed their chests uh, to the public so that and they had already made a deal with these uh, websites that they were going to promote it on national TV, and they did it under the veil um, of breast cancer awareness. Uh, now, these happened to be these huge Instagram-following people. They had a lot of followers. It got a lot of headway, but it became kind of the wrong message. It wasn't a positive message. It wasn't like... Um, that you got directed to a breast cancer website to make a donation, et cetera. And there might be some back channels, let's say, where they're making donations on the back end. But, um, you know, how do you feel about this whole world of influential or influence marketing that, that you're involved with? Well, I think it's an interesting question that you raise. Um, and, you know, what I always say to people is I think of it more in terms of not so much just influencing, but also just advertising and marketing. You know, so in the past, we had the traditional advertising. We had, you know, the magazines and the newspapers and TV and all that stuff. And sometimes you would have celebrities in it. So influencers, you know, they're micro-celebrities to a certain extent. So it really is kind of taking the celebrity, the traditional celebrity, out of that and subbing in the micro-celebrity, the influencer. But at the same time, you know, so that's one shift that we're seeing in the market. But the second shift that we're seeing is moving from this traditional advertising to non-traditional, to social media, like like YouTube and Instagram and blogs. Um, and, you know, so really what I say to people is, it's, you know, you're not just totally an influencer. You're actually a marketer. You're an advertiser. Um, and that's how I approach my own work in the sense that, you know, I, I when I talk with a brand, I think of it as a typical advertising pitch. You know, what are the deliverables you're seeking? What is your target market? Um, okay, here's my target market. Do we align? I think that influencers have, and, you know, celebrities as well, of course, they have a heightened responsibility to, you know, be socially responsible about the advertising campaigns they take on, um, you know, and to be authentic. I personally, that's what I do when I am approached by a brand. I have to say to myself, number one, above all, is this something that I actually would use or I do use? Do I agree with it? Would I recommend it? Um, and then, you know, the next step is will this appeal to my followers, of course, my readers and my followers. So, you know, and I try to do it in a non-judgmental way. So just as, a, as an example, I, I've been approached several times by vaping companies. I don't judge people who vape, but I personally don't vape, so I won't represent vaping companies. And that's my personal choice. And so I think, you know, it's really up to influencers 
who, as I say, are kind of the new advertisers to be um, to be authentic and to be socially responsible. And, you know, of course, regulations are always a little bit slow to catch up. So the advertising industry is very highly regulated, less so in the States than in other parts of the world. But, you know, nevertheless, that's still moving into the influencer area. So that's why influencers now we have to disclose like hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored, or mm. I partnered with X company to do this. So that's really important. And I think it's really about up to us at this point. But I do foresee more regulation coming down the line. For example, in Dubai, which is actually the largest influencer market in the world, they already have to be licensed as influencers. So that may come down the line here in the States as well. And if that were the case, I would honestly welcome it because... As I say, I do hold myself to a high level of responsibility socially and in terms of authenticity when I take on these campaigns, in terms of transparency. If there's a product I don't like, I, I sometimes I'll test them and then I have to go back and say, I'm sorry, I have to withdraw from this campaign. I can't participate in this. But unfortunately, not everybody is that responsible. But, I'm, you know, that's the case with everyone. That's the case with celebrities as well. We see them involving themselves in things maybe they shouldn't. Well said. You've had that question a few times. You're really feeling good about what you do, and you have to feel good about it. Yeah, and I think, as I say, you know, we should generally apply this in everything we do in life. You should be holding yourself to a high standard of social responsibility, but that's even more so the case now as the world is becoming more interconnected through social media. To be very candid, our team sat around in a brainstorming session about the user, the amount of people that use chiropractic, we call it the usability. And in the U.S., it sits under 10% of the general population, which is an amazing, amazingly low statistic based on how well it performs in the healthcare industry, what the results are, what we can do to get people well. Uh, the Wellness Center of New York is here in Manhattan, and we have a, a pretty voluminous practice. We see quite a few people, uh, Dr. Shelby Simon, myself, our team, and Donna, who runs our house, she said, very simply, let's look out in the New York area to people who are living the lifestyle and connect ourselves. And that's how we, we came about with each other. That's how this meeting came. And we're, we're open to it because if you can reach out and be pro-motion, pro for the motion, the movement of this care, then that's something I could really buy into with you yeah. and, and have you out there as someone who's using, using the product. And, and having results from the product. Last night, um, we're, we're here at the end of October, fall in New York. It's a nice rainy day, beautiful. Um, so it's cold and flu season, as people like to call it. it for, to me, it's, it's always wellness season. People are always taking care of themselves. But last night, um, for those of you who follow the sports world, a guy named Max Scherzer said on national TV, talking about celebrity endorsing, he wasn't paid by anybody. He said that the chiropractic care he had over the last several days really helped him take the mound. And he was shut down. He wasn't able to pitch. And this is a high-level athlete. We have the New York City Marathon coming this Sunday. Um, we take care of quite a few runners. And we get them well all year round, and they ramp it up a little bit more as the marathon approaches. So for you, Eileen, where um, is chiropractic in your lifestyle? What has it done for you? How is it helping? So share with us a little about your story with chiropractic. Yeah, sure. Well, I've been a user of chiropractic care my whole life. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, I'm originally from Canada, and uh, I was also a dancer growing up very heavily, like 14 hours a week. Um, so I always had injuries, and unfortunately I was in a few car accidents as well. So both physical therapy, uh, chiropractic care, acupuncture, all sorts of those things, you know, meditation, yoga, all of those have been incorporated in my life, my whole life. Um, 
the chiropractic care, you know, when Dr. Craig and his team reached out to me, I was so surprised when I came in and they said, you know, that it's under 10%, as you said, in the States. I mean, I think that's crazy. Um, and I think you guys actually asked me, like, do you know what, what chiropractic care is? And I was like, do I know what that is? Of course I know what that is. But, you know, it's, it's shocking because the improvements in your overall health are just tremendous, especially in a time when we're all sitting hunched over our laptops, our computers, our cell phones. And, you know, that's, that's very bad for your spine. And that's, of course, affects your overall health. So for me, um, you know, my chiropractic care throughout my life has been probably a little bit more um, dispersed, you know, around, okay, I've got a time when I've got an injury and I need to have it addressed. Um, and then I would come back again for the, you know, once I had another injury. But now I'm doing a bit of a different approach with you guys, which is a, you know, sort of overall health approach coming on a weekly basis. And I love it because, you know, it's also kind of preventative as opposed to just, you know, oh, I've got an injury. Now I have to have it addressed. Okay, I'm not going anymore because I'm better. Oh, and I have another injury. I have to go back again. Um, and so that's the new approach I've been taking with you guys. And, and I love it. You know, I notice that I'm feeling much healthier. There's much less, you know, I used to have a lot of neck and shoulder pain and I can already feel it going away. So I love that. Beautiful. And, you know, you're going back to do you where that question, do you know what chiropractic is for someone is um, if only 10 percent of the people, it's, it's actually yeah. more, more like five percent. So they either do know what it is or they have an understanding of what they think it may be. And, you know, what is chiropractic? Let's, let's have that um, from from the influence standpoint for someone listening who's who's thinking about visiting, who's thinking about getting in. And, and we're not myopic to New York City. I, I want this to, to be for the global folk out there. If you're sitting out there in L.A. and you're hearing this, if you're in Chicago and you're listening, and, and keep in mind we have our tentacles. We know doctors in those areas. Mm-hmm. So what is chiropractic and why would someone listening even go? Well, I think that's the question for you, <laughs> not for me. Yeah. You're the expert. Yeah. But um, – I mean, for example, times in my life when I've used it, I, you know, I was, I was unfortunately in quite a bad car accident and um, I had some whiplash. So I had a lot of neck pain. You know, they will work with you to make small adjustments in the neck, but also, you know, the surrounding muscles to help get your neck back to the position it should have been. Because, of course, something like a car accident is a big shock on your body. And, you know, our, our spine is flexible. It's meant to move and help us do all the amazing things that we can do in our lives. And, you know, with a shock like that, it can actually be put out of place. So that would be, you know, from a trauma instance. Other instances, you know, right now what we're working on is I have a bit of my neck has been hunched forward, working on my laptop, working on my cell phone all the time. And so, you know, we're working to restore that more natural curve in my neck and spine, um, you know, because that not only, you, you know, you might have back pain, you might have neck pain, but also that affects your overall health, you know, how you feel your energy level, because those nerves that run from the top of your head, from your brain, run all the way down your spine to the rest of your body, controlling your whole life. You answered it fine. You don't need me to answer that question for you. You nailed it. <laughs> well, so I tried. When, when we spoke, and you mentioned a couple of times today as well, so I, I can tell that, that that office environment, when you look around, can you see people just that, that you can almost palpably feel that mm-hmm. their misalignments, their subluxation? Do you see it, that ergonomic dysfunction? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you see them hunched over. You see people walking in the street with their shoulders up to their ears, um, I actually even saw it the other day. I went to see a Broadway show, and one of the dancers, you know, was her neck was, was kind of protruding forward, chin was forward a bit, and I was thinking, oh, 
somebody needs some chiropractic care. Um, but, you know, I know people think, like, oh, I have a busy life. I don't have the time for that. But, you know, what I say to people is, you know, you, you spend money on your gym membership. You buy organic food. You, you know, do all these things to help your overall health. Why wouldn't you also be caring for that aspect of your health? It's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well said. So let, let's go back to this light traveling faster, this wonderful lifestyle website, the promotion things that you're doing. What are you working on right now that you're most excited about for someone who's out there listening and they, they want to follow you, they want to be involved with what you're doing, they want to work with you, they want to hire you, all those great things. So it's always changing. Um, I work with obviously a lot of travel companies like tourism boards, hotels, sometimes airlines, um, you know, travel PR companies as well. And then, of course, a range of brands on the, lot, on the lifestyle side, you know, beauty brands, fashion brands and so on. Um, one thing I've got in the works right now and we'll see it's not fully come to pass yet, but it will be a trip with a tourism board in Hainan, China which is this beautiful island. I've never been there. It's um, in the South China Sea. And uh, they've just changed some of their visa restrictions to make it easier for people to visit. So, you know, like when you go to Hong Kong and when you go to Macau, you don't need a visa. But, of course, if you go to mainland China, you do. Getting a visa is very annoying, obviously. How do you spell that, Hainan? Hainan. It's H-A-I-N-A-N. And it's a sort of resort kind of It's a resort island, kind of like a little Hawaii. So people don't realize that in China that there, there are these beautiful tropics and places where if you were... Living in China, and you had the means, you would go vacation and resort. Absolutely, and in fact, like a lot of wealthy Chinese, you know, from places like Shanghai, they will own houses there, resort homes. You know, they, they almost have sort of timeshares as well. So, um, you know, they're really looking to get the word out about it because and as globalism has kind of spread, mm-hmm. and now we've got some some good changes in the world these places become more accessible. Exactly, exactly. Um, And, you know, it's interesting because I was thinking the other day, I mean, I still, even though I am a millennial, I'm traditional in the sense that I love reading print news about travel. I have subscriptions to three travel magazines. I read the New York Times section on travel. I love to do it. Um, But, you know, so many people today, especially like my generation and below, they get all of their travel news from social media. You know, they see an Instagram or go there, and, you know, maybe they want a bit more information, so then they head over to a blog and they read on this blog, um, you know, or they're watching YouTube videos of it. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, that travel companies are catching up with that and realizing, okay, it's great to still have our ads in, you know, Condé Nast, the New York Times, that's going to attract one demographic, but there is a whole other demographic that now has some money, has the freedom to travel, because, you know, millennials, a lot of them are, in that time when they don't necessarily have things holding them back, maybe they've paid off their student debt, they don't have children yet, so they're perfect to travel, but we need to reach them in another way. So that's, you know, one thing that I'm working on right now. Um, and I'm also working on a campaign, uh, well, there's a whole bunch of them, but just to highlight a second one, um, with a company called Priority Pass. They make, um, they give you access lounges all over the world. And I actually have been using them for quite a while already. So when they reached out, I was like, oh, I already have Priority Pass. This is perfect. Does that exist here in New York? Priority yeah, Pass? So Priority it's Pass. So lounges, like nightclubs and things? Of some no, so it's airport time. lounges. Okay, only airport lounges. Okay, only exactly. airport. So Thank it's, you. it's about, I think it's about a thousand different airport lounges around the world. Um, and I actually first got it a couple of years ago when I was still working at the law firm. And, you know, I had a delayed flight. And it was one of those days when we were out at Newark. And the airport was just packed with right. people. And These are the things that back in the day, if you had the high mileage of that Pacific Airline or you had a, a business class, gold, platinum, yeah. or better, or black card, that would give you access. So now they have 
Yeah, so I have mine as part of my Amex Platinum, but you can buy the Priority Pass separately. Um, and uh, it just made my travel so much enjoyable ever since. You know, sometimes now we actually even will go a bit early to the airport so we can relax in the lounge. And, you know, you really start the vacation from that point on rather than feeling like, oh, we're in this busy, stressful airport. And then we have to get to the next place, get the luggage. And, you you know, you sort of make the vacation start earlier. So that'll that be sound, a fun company to work with. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, I, priority, I love it. Priority it's, pass, for those of you listening, that sounds like a, that's a get. Yeah. You know, like um, just listening to you. Because the last time I traveled um, on way to seminar, and you're already in, it's a very business-oriented mode, but I had all these things with me, mm-hmm. and I had to go get something to eat. And I hadn't been to an airport in a while, and everything was order in one spot and pick up in another, mm-hmm. and my mind started to hurt from, from the, the keeping my things with me and keeping track of my receipt of where I'm going to pick up this food. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have been in a, a lounge where things would be brought to me at that moment. Exactly. It would and have been ta- nice. Exactly, and, you know, talking about wellness, um, I've actually, what I like the lounges for is, you know, not, we can't always have a direct flight somewhere. If you're going, like when I went to Kyrgyzstan this summer, there are no direct flights there from New York. Um, I had to go through Moscow, and I had quite a long layover, and I was exhausted. And, you know, when I was younger as a backpacker, okay, I would sleep in the airport on some chairs, clutching my stuff. But it's not, it doesn't feel so nice, you know. So now I, I do that in the lounge. I just curl up on a couch of them even have showers, and I regularly take showers because it just refreshes you on that long journey. It's really great. So in our triangle of health, so everyone out there, there's an equilateral triangle that we like to follow. We do our best to balance ourselves, creating balance. We've got our physical health. That's possibly how you're sleeping, how you're sitting, how um, you're exercising, your chemical biochemical health, how you're eating, how you're breathing, the uh, medications you do or do not take the water you drink, and then we have our emotional mental. It's our thoughts that we have, our meditation, our balance, our emotional state, our relationships. Which one are you working on maybe the most right now? Are you paying the most attention to? Mm. So that's a tough question because I definitely know that I need improvement in all areas, and I'm working on all of them. Beautiful. Um, So maybe I'll then instead change your question, and I'll tell you how I'm working on those areas. So physical, I think, you know, I think a lot of people are pretty good. You know, maybe they think they could improve on that area. But for me, the physical, you know, I I go to the gym. I also help run a dance company here in New York. So I dance with them as well and perform with them. And my favorite thing is to do yoga. So I do, you know, high, higher intensity yoga. I wouldn't call it like power yoga. It's more like Ashtanga or Vinyasa, you know, where your yoga flow, you might know it as that, where you definitely get a sweat. Um, and I'm definitely sore the next day. And what I love about the yoga is the fact that it also incorporates my mental and emotional well-being. You know, the place that I go to, they've got, you know, very calming, calming, relaxing music playing at the same time. Sometimes there'll be a live sitar playing. Often the lights are a little bit low with a candle. So, you know, it's the same sequence every time. So it's it's almost like quite hypnotic and meditative. I can just focus on going deep into the poses, you know, pushing myself as much as I can and just clearing my mind of all the things that I have to do and all the things that have gone on in the day. Um, another thing that I do, and I talk about this a lot on my social media channels, is I start every morning with affirmations and positive thinking. So I have a couple of different playlists that I use depending on my mood. 
Um, you know, and the thing, cool thing about affirmations and, and positive thinking is at first you might feel a little stupid doing them. So I'll give you an example for those of you who don't know. It might be, you, you know, maybe you feel like you're not as happy as you could be. So you want to become a happier person. So maybe you'll start with affirmations like, I am happy. Today will be a great day. And, you know, you say it over and over. I like to use recordings. I have recordings on Spotify and YouTube where, like, someone says it and I repeat after them. Um, and, you know, the first for the first little while, you, you feel a little bit silly. But over time, as soon as it comes on, as soon as you start saying that, you will notice a change in your mood. Um, so I definitely agree with things like that. And then for the chemical side, um, you know, that's making sure we eat well. That's making sure we get enough sleep. I am not getting enough sleep right now. It's a big problem. I need to get more sleep. I've been trying to set bedtime reminders, but I just have an unlimited number of tasks to do. And it's always like, well, I'll just get one more thing done. I'll just get one more thing done. So I need to improve in that area. Um, but I am doing pretty good, I think, in the in the eating healthy. I make sure that I have salads every day, a lot of soups. Now that it's winter, soups are great and healthy for that, um, you know, especially when they're nice and vegetable-based. So, yeah. So we're going to hold you accountable here to, to the sleep. And, and as a closing note with Eileen and Dr. Craig today, we're going to talk about this coming weekend is – our daylight saving. So right on the sleep queue, we're going to get this hour extra sleep, and that's not going to be earth-changing for everyone. It's, it's uh, a beginning. What I do want to note to everyone, as um, Eileen was talking about this mental state, a lot of us in this time of year get a little bit of seasonal affective disorder. We have um, the humdrums, and we have to be really clear that as it gets darker, longer, and days get a little shorter, that you're staying elevated, that your mind. So really check out those those positive affirmations and you know in the beginning it might feel like you're faking it till you make it as as I was sharing that you kind of feel silly looking at yourself but even in that silliness is the laughter and the joy that it brings until you actually are that and it's not a fake it you're when you're doing something you're doing it there's no fake it's the real deal and if you're a science person there's science that validates this mm -hmm. if you're someone who really just loves energy and vibrations and moving forward there's quite a bit of that happening here, whether it's in a yoga studio or a mountain top in Tibet or in your bedroom. There is um, happiness to be found inside that you can project outside. Um, any closing words you'd like to share with everyone? Yeah, I actually wanted to touch on exactly what you just said. So talking about, um, you know, sort of the science behind affirmations and things like that. Um, so when I was like a first-year lawyer at a, at a different law firm, we had a neuropsychologist come in and talk to us about power poses. You might have heard about power poses before. And so there's a lot of science. Um, I'm just going to pause this for a moment. Just I want everybody to take that in. It's beautiful. We, at a law firm, had a neuropsychologist. So this is a specialist in mind who studies the mind and the psychology of the mind and is now going to show you positions, right? Just want to be clear. Power poses, right? So mm -hmm. a form of neuro-linguistics, a form of projecting yourself. Okay, I just want to make everybody hear that. that that's, mm -hmm. that's amazing. So mm -hmm. this is um, for what result? For why? Well, to help you be more confident. And, you know, as I was saying, there's a lot of scientific research behind the fact that, you know, confidence of course, it comes from inside, but it actually also can come from the outside. So your body has sort of a feedback loop, you know, where if you're in a pose that is actually like a strong and confident pose, you'll feel more confident on the outside. And same thing with smiling. Um, you know, one of my morning affirmations, you know, starts off with, you know, you've just woken up and now smile. Make yourself smile and you will start to feel happier. And I mean, I know, for example, after I've done a photo shoot with all my smiling, I feel great. So what they did in this session with the neuropsychologist is they had us do a few different poses. So first they had us 
cross our legs, hunch our shoulders, cross your arms, and kind of lean forward a bit and close your eyes and see how you feel. So you do that. Then they have you put your shoulders back, put both feet flat on the floor, sit up nice and tall, and uncross your arms, and then feel how you feel. You notice a difference. Just try that at home. Close your eyes and try those two things. You will immediately feel much more confident. And, you know, they go through a few other poses as well. And so I've actually applied those in all my public speaking engagements, in my interviews. I make sure that I'm sitting up tall, feet flat on the floor, chest wide, you know, taking up space in your chair. Not too much. No man spreading. Just, you know, just enough. And you feel so much more confident. So that's exactly what you're saying, you know, the outside working inwards. So check yourself before you wreck yourself. And if you want to look a certain way and be a certain way, you can. Mm -hmm. And you'll start to feel confident. Sometimes I'll go to a meeting and, you know, maybe I'm not having the best day. I don't feel so great. And I'm just like, oh, I I just am not confident. I don't want to do this meeting. Then as soon as I sit that way, sit up tall, I immediately start to feel stronger and stronger and stronger and more confident. And before you know it, those worries are gone. I think of, uh, like, my children walking into a place that I know they may not want to go, like school on a certain day, or maybe a party where they don't know too many people there, and they can really benefit from this as well, just knowing that going confident, going, go crush the day, go have fun at the party versus going in quietly and looking to you know, drift into the wall, that, that sounds like a, a pretty great approach. Exactly, and then like, it's the same with smiling, or like if any of you have ever tried a laughter yoga class, I tried one for the first time this summer, for those of you who don't know, you you basically have to spend the whole yoga class doing these different types of laughs. You know, the ha-ha-ha and the hoo-hoo-hoo. Sounds ridiculously good. You know, at first I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so ridiculous. But I forced myself to do it, and I tell you, I felt amazing afterwards. So this is Dr. Craig's counsel, and I am very proud to have Eileen on this counsel, someone who is a confidant in well-being for travel on lighttravelsfaster.com, and it really does. Light does travel faster. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for listening in and hearing what we have to say. You can find all of Eileen's information in the show notes. Thanks very much for having me. Have a great, beautiful day.